Well, I'm uh, Van Haywood. I'm a professor at the Department of Restorative Sciences. We have a new name for our dental school, and it's the Dental College of Georgia and Augusta University. So we keep changing that. And, and what I'm here to share about is uh, earning CE and CME credits while teaching and learning in the mission field through a commission called the uh, Continuing Medical Dental Education, which is a, uh, a subset of CMDA. And uh, actually who I am is I'm a uh, Christian dental faculty who teaches at a dental school in Georgia. And I don't have equipment for missions, nor do I feel the calling as a dentist, although I've been on a few dental missions. But I teach Sunday school. I teach uh, sponsor a CMDA dental fellowship and uh, teach guitar to kids at church and stuff. And basically my spiritual gifts are teaching and music. So the question is, why am I speaking? Well, it kind of comes from Exodus 4-2 when uh, Moses is trying to ask God what he's supposed to do. And uh, God asked him, well, what's, what is that in your hand? And he said, it's his staff. So that's what he's going to use. So what's in my hands are teaching gifts and teaching opportunities. So that's how I got, in, got involved with this. And the, the purpose of this presentation is to make sure that potential missionaries uh, and actual missionaries know about opportunities to obtain continued education when they're serving abroad and that uh, if you have teaching gifts, that you can explore the opportunities to use those in healthcare in order to provide missionary support. And then you can learn the format uh, and the need for volunteers to assist in providing continuing education experiences for missionaries who are abroad who are attending these. So the challenge is we've got U.S. healthcare workers serving abroad, and they, in order to keep their U.S. license current, they need to get 40 hours of continuing education uh, every two years. And this allows them to serve in other countries as well as uh, practice and sharpen their skills and earn funds in the U.S. Uh, if they return on furlough. And, but the problem is the resources and access to continuing education abroad is, uh, is very difficult to obtain. And so we have a challenge of this. And if they tried to come back to the United States and get 40 hours of continuing education in one trip, that's just not physically possible. So you've got the problem. They need 40 hours. They can't get it in other countries. Uh, it's hard to get it online and can't satisfy state requirements that way, and it's difficult to return. So the solution was the Christian Medical Dental Association came up with the uh, Continuing Medical Dental Education Program, and they started this almost 30 years ago. And the first uh, thing they did it was in Liberia, uh, and they had a medicine stream and a surgery stream. So that was the first start, and you had physicians going over to help physicians that were in the field take care of it. Then they moved in 1980 to a Brackenhurst Conference Center, which is in Africa. Um, and then they added some other streams. They added a community health for uh, non-physicians and physicians who were involved in community health and everything. And then they also tried it in Malaysia about that time because they had Asian uh, countries that couldn't get to the African continent because of travel issues and things like that. And then about 1984, they added the dental component uh, to, the, to the Kenya and some formal music. So they moved from Liberia over on the coast to uh, Brackenhurst in, uh, in Kenya. And it's a, it was a beautiful conference center. I've not actually been there uh, because this is kind of before my involvement with it, but it's a beautiful conference center, but it doesn't have room for families. So they, it made it easy for the African uh, uh, physicians and dentists to get there, but difficult for them to be away from family. So then they've kind of started to figure out how can they add spouses and children's program to make this act. So they moved uh, from, uh, in Thailand, they moved to uh, Chiang Mai. So they had better facilities and accesses in, in Chiang Mai. And so it's a, 
Uh, and then they, one of the founders, Dr. Stewart, he passed away, and they started the Stewart Lecture Series back in 1989. So this has been a kind of evolving process. And as they moved to Thailand, they had better facilities, so they added families uh, to be able to come, and they could bring their children, so they had to add children's programs for the children. They added spouses' programs for the spouses, and they added marriage enrichment areas. And then they also brought on some psychologists to be there for personal counseling because missionaries in the field have some very complex issues they have to deal with oftentimes, and nobody to really talk about them, especially in a, in a Christian context. So it's expanded now, and they always pick a resort kind of setting because the idea is you're trying to take missionaries who are maybe at the age of burnout are struggling with a lot of things, are in very remote places, and you basically need a spiritual retreat two weeks. And so they have two weeks where they bring them out of the field, come with their family. They pay for this just like a continuing education course in the United States. And it's a nice, this one is the one in Thailand. It's a nice resort. Uh, and so they'll bring that in there. These, uh, it's called Swan Bua. Uh, the hotel and stuff there, and it's a very secure area so they can bring the families, they can interact and mingle with other folks. And what we have during the day is four streams of sessions. So we've got the stream A is a medicine stream, and then stream B is, is a, a surgery stream, and then C, stream C is community health, and then D is the dental stuff. And so these are, just like you're having here at this conference, these are all concurrent sessions going on, and these are the uh, they'll have seven of them during the day, about 45 minutes each. And so you can pick and choose whichever one you go in. It's like being in a college class or a place like this conference where you can go to whichever one that is. And they try to focus those on medicine, surgery, community health, and dentistry. And so it starts out, we'll have breakfast, open it up at 6 a.m. in the morning. And in Thailand, it's a nice climate, so it'll be outdoor and indoor uh, kind of breakfast. It's kind of a buffet style, so it's a very nice all-you-can-eat kind of uh, breakfast. And then about 6.30, they'll have uh, small group meetings, Bible studies, things like that, which will be missionaries and faculty and, and uh, staff people involved that's optional uh, to go to. And then about 7.30, they'll have a worship service. So in, in uh, Chiang Mai, we have a very large worship center, uh, and they have a praise band and everything up front and a, and a worship leader that comes from the United States. And, and we try to incorporate uh, missionaries who have... Uh, singing talents and musical talents and stuff as part of that little praise band. Uh, they also have a, what they call a spiritual life speaker. This is someone that, uh, a minister that comes uh, this particular year, Stan Key, who's one of the speakers here, uh, came and was the speaker. So he gives a presentation, a sermon, uh, each of those mornings before they start all the continuing education course. And it, he was an incredible blessing to me the, the year I was there with, uh, with him speaking. And so that kind of sets the tone for the day. And then the classes uh, start about 8.55 or 9. It depends on what uh, area and go all the way up to lunch. And so th- these will be small classes similar to the kind of thing you'll have here. Uh, I teach on the dental track. Uh, and t- I was talking about tooth whitening and things like that. But uh, we'll have anywhere from 20 to 200 people in the room depending on what the topic is and, and what the kind of um, – uh, interest level is in that particular need in the country. So in the dental world, we, we have maybe 20 dentists or so like that. And so we've got these sessions, and everybody has a, a schedule very similar to this. And they also have what's called breakout sessions. So in addition to those four tracks going on, every once in a while there will be some other additional things uh, like Joel here sometimes taught extractions for non-dentists because some of the physicians have to be the person that takes out teeth or the nurses or things like that. So those are kind of breakout sessions that are not, they're just unique 
uh, and fit a little niche, but not something that you'd put into that mainstream. And so we're always, like any mission trip, you always got to be prepared for things that are going to happen different. So this will be a schedule, and every day it seems like it changes because, you know, something didn't work out the day before. And so we work through all those. But you got your four main streams, and then you got your breakout sections. And then we'll break for lunch. And, again, part of this ministry is not only to get, provide continuing education for the missionaries, but it's also to provide, provide fellowship and just a chance to sit down and talk with them and talk about what's going on in the U.S. and talk about what's going on in their place. you got common issues about raising children and dealing with things like that. So you, you really, as a faculty member, you go with the idea that I'm in, in ministry 24-7. I'm not just giving a lecture. Uh, and if I'm not giving a lecture, usually sit in the lecture because there's always a question and answer period. And sometimes one of the faculty in the group will have an answer that the speaker didn't have. And sometimes one of the missionaries will have a better answer than anybody else had because they've lived that particular scenario in their life. This is the first gentleman that invited me, Dr. Dick Topazian. His son, Mark, uh, I mean nephew Mark, is speaking here at this conference as well. Uh, but Dick's kind of started the surgery, I mean the dental stream, uh, back when it was in Africa. And so he's been a long time uh, supporter of that taught me back in dental school. So we go back a long way, and I was thankful for his uh, invitation to, to come. So that the afternoon, then you have uh, more classes, and then you'll have a break, and then you have a big dinner, and then you have an evening program. And so, again, these breakout sessions, this is one of the schedules for this year. Uh, we'll have lots of different options uh, to take part in, and, and some of them are medical, dental, community health, different areas like that. And then they, the resort has uh, the biggest challenge is having enough Wi-Fi for all the missionaries because, it, you know, it's amazing how well people stay connected with Skype and, and uh, texting and things like that. So they have to bring in a whole bunch of equipment and servers and things like that to get it uh, up in good shape. They have little computers set up so missionaries can uh, and faculty and staff can communicate with folks back home about how things are going. So it, it's a, a very complex event that they're, they're working through while they're doing it. And then in the evening, they'll have uh, some kind of event at night. So this happens to be a children's program in that worship hall. Usually we have what's called field reports where different missionaries will come and share what's going on in their part of their uh, country or, or what kind of issues they're facing or what kind of prayer needs they have or just a general idea of the program they have and maybe the needs they have for other physicians or dentists to come and, uh, and be involved with that. Like a t- typical demographics w- would be on this. We might have four to 500 early on attendees, about, you know, 150, 200 of them dentists, 15 to 20. I mean, 150, 200 physicians, 15 to 20 dentists, nurses, PAs, spouses, children. Uh, we have admin support, you know, 70 to 75 faculty members might be. So at one of the earlier conferences, we had 500 people there. So these are not small endeavors when it comes to the logistics of putting those things on. And while you got that schedule going on uh, during the week, what's happening in the background are there are all kind of other ministries that are going on. So uh, this is Bruce McFadgen and Rosemary. Rosemary kind of started the children's ministry program. When they realized that there were spouses coming and they didn't need to be babysitting all week long, they needed to break too because their uh, uh, significant spouse was in the course or both of them might be physicians and they needed to go to get their CE credit. So she started from a grassroots uh, a ministry for children. Uh, Bruce is a surgeon and he lectures there oftentimes. And so it's evolved now until we have different churches bringing child care teams that are ready to take care of babies. We have the preschool and then we have elementary and then we have high school. 
And so they have all those programs going on. So my wife goes and works with the elementary children, uh, and they have game rooms. And it's kind of like vacation Bible school in the morning uh, with Scripture and, and Christian teaching, and then it's kind of like summer camp in the afternoon with soccer and different foursquare and different games and things like that. So they have that going on. Uh, they need men and women for the child care teams because they've got men and women, they've got boys and girls there. And lots of times you'll bond with some missionary child that's really kind of in an isolated situation. So it's kind of kind of been a blessing to see that interaction between the adults and the children uh, that they have at those particular conferences. In Chiang Mai, they have a swimming pool. You probably can't see the ice in that pool, but it's ice cold in there. But you need lifeguards. So, you know, we have to think how to have a children's program and how to have all these things available for that. We have a high school program because a lot of these kids, missionary kids, are homeschooled. Uh, and, again, this is kind of summer camp for them and a chance to get together with other teenagers and, and uh, talk about life and the things that they're dealing with. And so we have some, some great high school counselors, and then they'll oftentimes bring folks from their church, uh, guitar players and games people and things like that. And, they, again, they do the kind of skit stuff. I mean, it's just you're basically like you would do church here at home with camp and uh, things like that. So it's been, been fun with the kids. They enjoy the interaction with other missionary kids. Uh, Foursquare is the biggest game that everybody can play in. So we always have that with uh, mask and tape on the floor. But just been fun. And, and the, the parents, uh, they talk about what a blessing this is. Because, again, you've got, a, a, say, a wife of a, of, of a physician who's taking care of her kids and homeschooling them all day long. Uh, and so for her to have a break... And the kids to have some interaction with other kids at the same time, either mom or dad are getting continuing education is just a blessing for the whole family. And so some of the ones, this is uh, two of the people, Mary Sanford and Pauline Tapazian, they have programs for spouses. So it might be a Bible study. It might be learning to play the piano and, and lead praise and worship. Or it might be something like quilting or crafts or anything like that. Just something that's a, a group building kind of event that for those who desire that kind of good companionship, it gives them a chance. And then for others that are not uh, desirous of companionship, they just may have some deep issues. We have several psychologists. You don't make any sign-up list or anything. It's all uh, private and confidential, but they're just identified that if you want time to talk with a psychologist or psychiatrist about things that you're dealing with on the field, then you've got those options to do that. So, And they, they tell us, because we don't know who's scheduling with who, that they stay pretty busy the whole two weeks just counseling folks and talking with them and praying with them and giving them insight on how things are going. And then we also have a choir uh, because a lot of these folks are in places where, number one, they don't get to worship in a church, and two, they don't get to sing in a choir because it's a small house church or things like that. So uh, I think Martha Householder started that uh, bringing the music from her church, and so they'll have a special and they'll have choir practice and they'll get to sing parts. And uh, again, some of the missionaries talk about some of the biggest blessings they've had is just participating in the music because it reminds them of their church service at, at home or they sang in a choir before they, uh, they went abroad. And then one of the classic things at the end of the sessions, uh, at the end of the whole two weeks, is we'll all sing the Hallelujah Chorus. And so that's kind of the, the group sing uh, that everybody gets involved with. So there's a, in addition to the continuing education that we're doing, there are a lot of Bible studies going on. There's a daily worship service, uh, spouses programs, male and female, uh, have going on. And then those individual counseling sessions. And they've started having a marriage retreat at the end of this. So some couples can stay a couple more days and go to a, a Christian marriage retreat and just strengthen their own marriage. 
And then in the weekend, um, this it, the conference, and I'll show you the pre-conference here in a minute, but the, the conference actually starts on Wednesday. So we'll have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with this schedule. And then they'll have a weekend break. Uh, sometimes they've done classes on Saturday. Sometimes not. depends on the location. And then they'll come back on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it ends on Thursday. So you've got three days one week, four days the other week. In the weekend break, that's kind of when you do uh, the touristy things in that area. Now, faculty coming to, to present, uh, the idea is we want to give them good quality continuing education, equally as good as they can find anywhere in the United States, and we want to give about 50% cutting-edge U.S. Because if they come back on furlough, uh, if they come off the mission field, come back into medical or dental practice, they need to know what the current standard of cares are, what the current materials are, and how you use them. So 50% of our focus is on cutting-edge U.S. information Combing, CT, MRI, all the different implants and things like that for dentistry. Uh, they have all kind of medical uh, upgrade and stuff. And then the other 50% might be what they could use in the field. And it might be something they could do that's really low-tech if they're in a, uh, a very rough area or something they might do in a hospital that they could deal with. And so we have the lectures, and they're, they're designed to be interactive. So the lectures are about 35 minutes uh, some, some of them use those little clickers where they can get audience response. But the idea is you'll have 35 minutes of lecture and then 10 minutes of question and answer and response and just, you know, share and kind of like in a study club. You know, what would you do in this situation? What do you have there? And then in addition to lectures, we also have some hands-on courses that I'll show you some examples of those. And, uh, again, we're trying to, to incorporate all the things that you would teach somebody in the U.S. there so they can apply it. And, uh, it started out with handouts and things like that, but now in the digital age, we've got thumb drives. And at the end of the session, everybody gets a thumb drive of everything that was presented, the slides and the audio and everything like that. In addition to that, uh, the lecture, the two days before the course starts on Monday and Tuesday, they have these pre-course sessions, which are very specific, but that's when you can get your CPR training and your PALS and basic life support. Uh, they have things about casting and splinting and uh, ethics courses and hospital administration because a lot of these uh, missionary docs especially have to keep a hospital solvent and be able to pay the bills to be able to stay out there. So we've done a lot into practice management and hospital administration kind of thing. And then we invite the participants to also bring case presentations from their country that they're at that we can discuss as colleagues and talk about how we would solve that or what, what might be the treatment options and stuff. The weekend stuff, you know, in Thailand, you wind up, you know, you can go see the elephant camp. So my wife and I went to the elephant camp, and you get to ride an elephant, which is not something I'd ever done before. So that was kind of cool. And, you know, take the trails through the jungles because Thailand is very uh, jungly, Chiang Mai. Uh, so we had the typical, you know, husband and wife. And I guess that's one of the reasons I've enjoyed this kind of mission trip because it's something she and I can do as husband and wife, me as a teacher and her as a child care worker on that team. So we get to share some times there. And, and again, uh, the elephants are amazing over there. The elephant camp, I don't think I've got it here, but they actually paint pictures with their trunks and they sell those pictures. But they're very nice pictures. So I've never seen an elephant paint a picture. So I bring that back to my dental students and say, if this elephant can do this, you ought to be able to do this kind of dental work. And then we get to participate in some traditional Thai meals and things like that. So that was the typical Thailand approach, which for years had been a, uh, a very successful thing. And Africa was still stuck without families. And so in 2014, they decided to shift from Africa 
to Greece because they could invite the families. Because Thailand had been so successful with families and spiritual growth and bonding and marriage and things like that. They wanted to replicate that for the missionaries over on the African continent. So in 2014, we went to Greece. Here's the stuff from 2016. Uh, So we've been there twice. In 2016, we had 58 different countries represented uh, at that over 270 missionaries that were present there to get those. And so we took about 110 faculty, uh, dentists, physicians, nurses, PAs, different folks, had uh, over 160 children. So we had 750. So that was the largest conference we've ever had was in 2016 in Greece. Uh, and again, it was, it was such a draw for them to be able to bring families and to worship together and to be together and to have all that support. That's the model that we're going to try to maintain uh, in spite of the success they had for all those years in, in Africa. And again, our challenge is to find a large resort that's secure because having that many Christians uh, in one area is certainly a target for terrorist kind of things and problems like that. So uh, in Chiang Mai, we own that whole, we don't own, but we rent that whole resort. So it's secure. We have guards around the, the area. I mean, we do all the normal things you would do to take precautions, and it's it's fairly isolated resort area, so it's very free. In Greece, we've not been able to achieve something like that. Africa didn't have a place big enough to put families and children in. Greece has plenty of big things, but you can't reserve the whole thing for our group. We haven't been able to do that. So we've moved around two different places, uh, and security is a little bit of an issue, uh, and especially when you've got other tourists that are there. And, and the kind of their behavior versus our behavior is a challenge, too. So we're still working through the Greece thing, but it's been so highly successful uh, that we want to try to continue to do that because of the family issue. Uh, the problem we have right now is Greece's economy is so poor that we can't keep a whole a hotel to be solvent two years from now when we're scheduling it because things are just going bankrupt and issues. So we haven't set the 2018 dates for Greece yet because we haven't found a suitable location that we think will be solvent in 2018. So like any mission trip, you're kind of you're ready, you got everything in plan, and then you have to be ready for it to all change. So we're kind of working on that way. But this is a, this last one in 2016 was right on the coast, beautiful location, uh, great thing. One of the ladies just walked around in that grass because she said, where we serve, there is no grass. We have sand, and that's what our kids play in. So, I mean, you know, you forget about how precious some of those things are uh, that we just take for granted and stuff. So I had a very nice resort. We had a praise man. And again, we try to uh, we try to bring the missionaries. This is a missionary here. Uh, this Michael Thompson has lead has been leading the worship for the last ten years. I've been going, uh, and this is a dental student that was going because one of the things we have is students can go as assistants. So people that might feel they're called to missions and want to hang out with some real missionaries, uh, we will take up to four people give them a stipend to come, and they basically are the gophers that do all the stuff and running around and setting up rooms and things like that, but it gives them a chance to meet those. And, and so Lubav was, was there, and she also played flute. So we got her in the praise band, and this missionary uh, played guitar. And uh, this guy's a, uh, Alan is a friend of mine that plays bass guitar. And so we, would, we sometimes try to bring extra instruments so that they, because they can't always handle them, and it, it costs you $100 for uh, extra baggage going over there, but we'll try to bring guitars and just give them away so they can take them back to their country and have some way. And she was she was looking for a guitar, and we had one, so we got to give it to her, and she took it back to, to someplace I don't even know where it is on the map. But anyway, because she led praise and worship as a singer, but had no accompaniment, but was a good guitar player. 
So you see God working in even little tiny details like that about providing an instrument from the U.S. for this person to use in their, in their uh, mission field. And of course, while we were in Greece, this is much more spiritual emphasis. They had uh, tours on the weekend where you could go see where Paul had traveled and go to the different areas and see all the uh, the, uh, the Greek architecture and, and things like that. So that was pretty amazing. And some of the Greek Orthodox churches and things that we had there. So culturally, you know, it, it was a it was a real blessing. And of course, the Mediterranean and seeing some of these little Greek things. They have tours that go to the different islands outside of Greece and. Went to Corinth and the, the canal and just kind of seeing all these different areas of uh, that you read about in the Bible uh, but never have seen. And, and this is Corinth and looking at uh, a stronghold that's up on the top of that mountain. So just a, a nice cultural spirit. You get to see the, uh, the Greek atmosphere and stuff. And then in the faculty lectures, uh, not only do the missionaries get continuing education credit, but the faculty that go and teach get continuing education credit because we're sitting in the same course. We pay for our ways to go, and, and just like we were going to a continuing education course. So you find out from a dental perspective the number one disease in the world is untreated dental caries, which is kind of surprising. So dentists are always at a premium to go on these mission trips and, and do stuff like that. And then a lot of the physicians come to our uh, dental stream because they're trying to learn how to do the dentistry because they don't have any uh, dentists there. And then we talk about all these different countries and how many dental schools they're producing and what kind of uh, things that they're doing um, and how do you get access to care for dental treatment. Uh, Because a lot of the dental schools, you go all the way through dental school and you never treat a patient. All you do is watch faculty treat patients. So basically when you get out of dental school, you've had a non-hands-on dental education. So there's... There's, uh, you learn a lot about the differences in other countries and how they, uh, how they train health professionals in all different ways and the kind of criteria that they go through. We have faculty. Uh, ideally, you'd like to be associated with the university, but most of our faculty are private practitioners who are coming and, and sharing. Uh, and this happens to be one of periodontists was sharing about uh, uh, how to do continuous sutures and do the different techniques like that. Uh, and so he, you know, you bring your slides, you got your laptop and your PowerPoint, and uh, we've got all these streams going on, and they've got all these projectors and stuff in there, which works great until the current goes out, and then you have to turn your laptop around and show the pictures off of that because that's all you got is battery powered at that point. But you know, we try to give them the the best of the best continuing education. I think this was one of the greatest little hands-on I've seen. Uh, Jim Davis is a periodontist. He was one of the uh, leaders of the group that runs this group. So he was trying to teach suturing techniques for physicians and dentists. And so he got a bunch of local oranges and had scalpels and sutures, and they actually sectioned the skin off the orange. And then he went through all the techniques, and then they sutured it back on. So it was just a nice, because uh, orange peels are pretty much the way it feels when you're putting sutures in people's mouths uh, for doing that stuff. So he was given a good uh, team, and then you get to eat the oranges when you're done. Uh, so it's kind of a nice little hands-on stuff. You also see things that I've never seen in my life anyway, and certainly probably wouldn't see there. This is, um, this is an oral surgeon was giving a presentation, because oftentimes not only do faculty go and give presentations, but we may invite other missionaries uh, who are on the field to bring and give a presentation. And so this was one uh, that he was given a presentation of this, I guess that's a medoblastoma, uh, of the lower jaw. Of course, it's the size of a basketball. And so he was giving us that presentation of how that looked and what he had to do in the hospital area that he was in. Um, 
And then here he is showing about taking out the amyloblastoma and the kind of facilities they had. And, you know, the, you, you learn a lot and appreciate your health care that you have when you see what other folks have to operate under. And, then, of course, they had to put back a jaw because his jaw was gone from the amyloblastoma. So they, you know, they're all the time doing creative things with what they've got. So, and it's also neat for other folks to see, well, gosh, I hadn't thought about doing it that way. If I could do this, I could work in my country and make that work. And so he put him in a, a lower jaw. That's all the excess skin that had stretched out around that amyloblastoma. So there's the before and there's the after. Uh, so he's been following up with that. So amazing change uh, in this guy's uh, looks. What was fascinating, though, was that it didn't change his life. Because from growing this way, he was so ostracized by the community, he still felt that he looked like this, even though he looked like that. So you get a, you get a real sense of the soul and the need for forgiveness and uh, uh, past sins and past issues. And so he kind of hangs out at the church there because that's his best friends because everybody else had just learned to stay away from him. He had learned to be an isolated kind of person. So he's having a hard time re-entering. So even though we go and do medical things and dental things, those are one-shot little deals. It really takes folks on the ground to be able to disciple these people and to uh, integrate them back into a, a culture that they've been ostracized from. And that, that was probably the most uh, pointed example I'd ever seen of somebody that you thought his life would be happily ever after, after that kind of surgery, and yet it didn't change radically because of the internal feelings he had from, uh, from doing that. We also learn about other opportunities in the U.S., especially for uh, this. This is one we have for dental students. It's called an Emerging Leaders uh, Symposium. We do it in Bristol, Tennessee at the CMDA headquarters, and we invite dental students from all over the country. I saw one here today that was there last week, and we just talked to them about running a Christian dental practice, what it means to be a Christian in, the, in, in health care in the United States, how you can impact whether it's praying with patients or the compassion that you have to offer or the way you might be able to share the gospel. And then how to, uh, one of the basic tenements is, uh, for CMDA is your best witness is the quality of dental or medical care that you give. Because that's got to be top notch. Otherwise, everything else you say is going to be second as well. So we stress good quality dental care and the kind of things they need to do in school uh, to be able to the best they can be so that if, if God calls them to the mission field or if they're just in a mission locally in the United States, they're known as a good quality uh, dentist there. Also, CMDA has started a residency program uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, where they take students out of uh, dental school. And it's based on a Christ Community Health uh, Services model out of Memphis that the physicians are doing. And so they'll go to two or three years uh, of postgraduate training, one of which is a mission year. So this is equipping folks who feel called to missions uh, and want to get further training in how to do that straight out of dental or medical school. So this is our uh, dental component. They work in Christ Community uh, Health Clinic and go on mission trips. So we had one of the residents uh, from Memphis in Greece who gave a presentation on how this residency program works and and how they're involved in their local community as well as uh, their mission work around the world. So so our, our point was to bring up some information to folks about the opportunities you may have for serve, or if you're a missionary or going contemplating a missionary, 
how you would find out about getting continued education credits and staying in touch with, with your discipline and your profession and stuff. So in order to be a faculty, uh, you have to be an active member of CMDA or agree with their statement of faith. Uh, we vet all the teachers. You have to be an excellent teacher, ideally a university uh, affiliation, but it's not required. We have a lot of people from Mayo Clinic and a lot of people from different dental schools, but we also have a lot of folks in private practice. And you've got to have a heart for missions. It's preferable to have had some mission experience, especially as a true missionary who lived a year or so or something abroad. Uh, but anybody that's, that's called in that kind of way is part of that. And then child care workers, uh, again, you're vetted by a church or, or an individual. You have to go through the safe haven training and all the different things you do in the United States to make sure that there's no uh, chance of any kind of improprieties or inappropriate person being involved in there. And then we have our uh, student assistants. And, again, we'll have three to four of those. Uh, last couple of years are the first time we've had uh, dental students. Up to, up to that point, it's always been medical students because the predominant number of people here are physicians. And then dentists and nurses and PAs are kind of your uh, lesser numbers of folks. So you, you mostly get uh, medical folks. And then you have to have uh, IT support because here you're running all these wireless connections that the missionaries are staying in touch with their families and the faculty are staying in touch with their families. You've got all these LCD projectors and laptops and things for worship and then one for every classroom and one for every breakout session. Uh, so you have three or four guys that uh, come and do IT support to run the worship service, do the songs, changing, things like that. Again, like you would do here. But it's always a challenge when you walk into a place and you're not sure what kind of soundboard they have. So CMDA takes a lot of equipment with them ship those kind of things over. Uh, and, again, the, the IT people pay their own way, and, and uh, they, it's just like going on a mission trip where you're doing uh, service. It's, it's about $3,000 a person, roughly, uh, plus a registration. So you'll probably spend about $4,000 uh, on this kind of mission trip, just like you would going on some other sort of mission trip. <clears throat> and this is a statement of faith uh, for CMDA that you either are a member or you, you follow that, and that you believe in the divine inspiration and final authority of the Bible, as the Word of God, you believe the eternal God revealed in the Holy Scriptures as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the unique deity of Jesus Christ, God's only Son, whose death and resurrection provided by grace through faith, the only means of my salvation, and then the transforming presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So those are kind of the, uh, the statement of faith that we have. This year in our pre-conference workshops, uh, these are, again, additional costs because the missionaries have to pay for this. We try to scholarship folks and try to get that, but you can get an idea of all the different programs they have, advanced life support, pediatric life support. They bring the mannequins over there. You know, you get the, the full CPR program just like you would get in the, the U.S., helping babies breathe, neonatal recitation, and, and then you'll have all these other different kind of uh, ultrasounds. They bring ultrasound machines. So the amount of equipment to take abroad to run those continuing education courses are pretty mammoth. Uh, and fortunately, most of it makes it over there and makes it back, but uh, not always. There's always issues in dealing with the country and getting into the country with equipment because the locals may think you're trying to uh, bring it over there to sell, and that would be competing with their economy and stuff. So sometimes you have tariffs you have to pay and things like that. But for the most part, that's been pretty straightforward. We have a, a medical person on triage, on call, if somebody gets sick. Because in these countries, you're liable to get uh, some kind of uh, drink the water thing. I mean, 
because we've got a whole group of physicians, it's about the safest I've ever felt uh, in terms of can you drink the water because they're testing it every day and we bring in bottled water and whatever it needs to do if they have some kind of issue. But we can't do any kind of treatment there because that would, we don't have licenses to practice in those countries and we don't have uh, the approval of the government. So we always have a connection with a local church uh, sponsoring body, and, and there's two big ones that we've used on both continents, and local physicians and dentists. So if somebody has a toothache or, or somebody has a, a medical problem, uh, our triage officer is the one who makes the call. Do we go into town to a physician or to a dentist, or what do we do? Do they, do they need to go to the hospital and stuff? So we don't have any active treatment because that would kind of violate our relationship with the country. But we do have to have somebody to triage and do that stuff. Now, to run all this stuff, we have what's called a commission. And so, again, uh, Continuing Medical Dental Education is a, a, a ministry of CMDA. And so we have this uh, commission. And our commission approach, and uh, I'm one of the newer members to that commission, is to provide uh, continuing medica- medical and dental education in a compact, multi-track model uh, for dental and medical missionaries. And then we conduct the meetings, uh, arrange all the logistics. I mean, some of the guys that they travel over do site visits before we ever pick a place to see how that's going to do. And they have to deal with the water and the food issues and how we're going to get uh, meals and things like that. And then they select some uh, deans. Joel here is one of the dental deans uh, that in turn select the faculty. So you've got for each one of those four streams, you've got a dean in charge of that. And then you've got an overall dean for the whole meeting. And they handle the continuing education. And then every other ministry has somebody on that commission. One of them in charge of worship. One in charge of children's ministry. One in charge with IT. So we always have a connection to, uh, to a structure to the main commission of every aspect of the conference that's going on there. Now, for me as a, as a faculty member, uh, I had to get creative the first time I ever went. Uh, um, and so I, I kind of bartered my way. I would agree to speak in a country about tooth whitening, which is what I'm known for. Uh, in turn, if they would fly me on up to Chiang Mai so I could speak to the missionaries. So you kind of get creative. And, you know, some people make this part of a bigger vacation where they go there for two weeks and then go someplace afterwards uh, as part of that. And other folks, for, for me, I've spoken in several countries that enable me to get there uh, to speak. Now my wife and I try to set this aside as our mission for the year because we go one year for two weeks in Thailand, and I'm doing lecturing and she's doing child care, and we're both helping with music, and then we go the next year for two weeks in Greece uh, and, and do the same kind of thing. Two different climates. The one in, in Thailand usually happens in February, uh, and so it's nice and warm. The one in Greece, we try to get right before tourism season so we can get lower rates for the hotels, but it's kind of cold then. So it's right at the end of April, uh, beginning of May, that we tend to have those. And, again, those dates are, are change every year depending on how we're going to get the hotel and take a take a look at it. Now, going on these, I'm not one of the, the guys that go out and do a lot of extractions and things like that because most of my job is, is teaching uh, at a dental school. So the question is, how do I feel when I get ready to go on these things? I'm scared to death. I just, I'm one of these guys that is not your cowboy that goes out into the, the jungle and doesn't think anything about it. I mean, to me, everything is, is so I really deal with the fear of, of going abroad with other folks. And, you know, it, it's only a Christ that, and, and the sense that we have a call to go do this and that this is the, the mechanism he's given me to, to help missionaries, even though I may not be called to be that kind of missionary. I can be supportive uh, 
on the ground where they're at, just like he could be supportive uh, back here. Uh, and so I just have to, to work through that, uh, that particular thing. I think it's a personality uh, thing. I, uh, I don't know how that is. But anyway, so I, I, it's just always a big issue for me. And other folks, I mean, I'm rooming with some guys here while we're here that don't think anything about it going into Somalia, you know, with guns blazing. I mean, it just doesn't bother them. But to, to me, this is, this is a challenge, a stretch for my own personality. But it's been an incredible blessing to see God's hand working in the lives of these missionaries and, and in the lives of the faculty and the impact it makes on the, the husband and wives and stuff. So, basically what we... What, what we're learning today uh, is, you know, how can I connect healthcare missionaries with continuing education opportunities through the Christian Medical Dental Association? So that's where this, again, 30 plus years of this program has become quite sophisticated and helpful. And then if you're, if you have the gift of teaching, and again, not everybody who's at a university has the gift, and not everybody who's not doesn't. I mean, some of the best teachers have been uh, men and women in private practice that just knew how to teach. They're gifted with that. Uh, and so if you have that gift, this is a way you might be able to use that to help support healthcare missionaries in the field by going on a teaching mission trip. So it's how you can tell missionaries about it if they're, if they're already out on the mission field. It's how you can um, know how you can keep your, your skills up if you're going on the mission field. And then if you have the gift of teaching, how you can do it. Or if you have other ways, like my wife that does childcare and music, it's a way for her uh, to be in a ministry along with me at doing different sorts of things along there. So, you know, really the, the, the challenge is to think for yourself, you know, where's my mission field? What is God calling me to do? Uh, that's kind of the focus of this program, of this whole um, event that we're having here. How am I pre- preparing myself? If you're, if you're a dentist, we call it the ministry of dentistry. You know, how am I preparing myself to, to be an effective witness for Christ Number one is going to be the quality of care I provide to my patients and the compassion uh, that I do and to deliver that. And then how am I going to have the strength to carry on to overcome those fears comes from your, your seeking God's guidance in all aspects and, and your knowledge and application of the word and that daily relationship uh, with the living Christ. And in that, you may find that something like this is going to be uh, an avenue that you can explore uh, and uh, make a difference that way. Or it may just be a, you'll share with somebody else what you've learned about this because they're on the mission field or they're thinking about going and had no idea this whole uh, commission existed and had all these opportunities for service. So I appreciate you all coming and and thank you for your attention. Uh, And again, I'd be glad to entertain any questions about uh, the CMDE commission and the two different programs or how you might come involved. Anything else? All right, they always tell us to leave uh, time for questions and answers. But, again, uh, thank you for coming. And uh, I don't have any email stuff up there, but on, our, on the CMDE website, and they've got a booth down here for CMDE, uh, there's plenty of good information on how to be in touch. Okay? Y'all have a blessed day. Just a quick reminder about this survey. If you guys get a chance, um, if you do that, that would be great. So they have a survey they have to complete where? Is that the survey monkey at the end? Or yeah. I believe so. Okay. After each session? Okay, great. Is that able to be done cumulatively all at the end of the conference? I believe so. Okay. Okay, great. All right. Thank you very much for coming out.